everyone. Welcome back to On Wednesdays We Watch One Tree Hill. Uh, you will hear Brody's melodic voice here in a second. I just wanted to pop in here and uh, let you know that the episode you're about to listen to was recorded prior to the SAG after a strike um, being called. So this is uh, about four month old content. You are going to hear straight from our vaults. We are so excited to be back and releasing episodes, recording fresh stuff for you to listen to. So thank you for sticking with us and enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to On Wednesdays, We Watch One Tree Hill, the podcast where a bunch of nostalgic millennials sit around and talk about a TV show from the early 2000s that they either grew up with or have never seen before in their entire lives. As always, I'm one of your co-hosts, Brody, and with me, as always, is Jesse. Hi. And Caitlin. Oi. And today we are talking about season six, episode five of One Tree Hill, titled You've Dug Your Own Grave, Now Lie in It, which, fun fact, is a song by Kenosha. Titled Emotional Whiplash, Can You Handle It? by Jesse. Uh huh. Because <laughs> if you don't remember, kids, we typically record two episodes back to back. So last week's episode we recorded right before this one. So we had a really sweet emotional episode, and now we've got this, which is like Psycho Killer Children of the Corn. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So let's see how we handle this, shall we? Let's dive right in. <laughs> <laughs> we open with, with somebody digging a grave. Who could it be? I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. Uh, we get a little opening montage because it's that. And then Lucas sleeping as Peyton watches over him. Nathan training at the river court. And Brooke looking in the mirror at her healing bruises at her store. And, I meant to mention this last episode. Sorry. But yeah. the makeup artist who is in charge of Brooke's uh, injuries. It, mm-hmm. sh- I hope they got paid so much. They like... They were Again, so good. with the show not forgetting about things, a, I'm not going to say a lesser television show because I do not think that highly of this TV show, but uh, a, a TV show with less uh, attention, attention to, to detail. De- thank you. Yeah, attention to detail would have been like, ah, oh, her face, it's fucked up. Two episodes later, she would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I appreciate the uh, the makeup on this. When instead now it's like, it's episode five. After the attack, and yeah. she just now is really there's yeah. very little, if any, um, bruising left on her face. Yep. Yeah. So, and I think that was kind of the shocking part of even like in episode three and four, where it's like episode two was the big reveal of all the bruises, but then it was even more shocking still in three and four when she still had bruises on her face. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. Um, but at the very end of the montage, we see it's Carrie who's digging the grave. She gets out and y- y- yes. Great. Mm. So wonder who that's for. Big reveal. It's Carrie being crazy. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Yes. Then uh, Peyton gets up and goes to the kitchen as Lucas joins her. She tells him um, she has arranged the date for their wedding. The church confirmed it. It's all set. And Lucas is a bit shocked as Peyton teases him if he still wants to get married. And Lucas assures her he does. But he reminds her that he has to go to New York today for his book. And he hasn't told Lindsay about them at all. I have a and question. Yes. Why are people in the Scott family still trying to get married in that fucking church? <laughs> Who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? Nope. Nope. Yeah. yeah. Stop. 
Yep. Um, and he says he knows he should have told Lindsay sooner, but he feels like it's something he shouldn't just do over the phone. Great. Then uh, a little bit later, Peyton bursts into Brooke's store and tells her that they have a date set for the wedding and asks her if she would make her dress. Brooke is slightly bitchy about the whole thing. Um, and but apologizes as she tells Peyton her and Victoria had a whole thing, but she's very happy to see Peyton so happy. Peyton tries to press about Victoria, but Brooke just brushes it off and they move on. Mm. Great, great. Uh, Nathan answers the phone and is taken aback by the conversation. When it ends, he tells Haley and Jamie that it was the GM for an NBA D League team. Jamie is thrilled mm -hmm. for his father and jumps up and down and tells Nathan how proud of him he is. Because Nathan's going to play in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. Then Carrie uh, finishes digging the grave as she looks down into it and announces that Dan's going to die that day and she's going to get Jamie back. Same song, different episode, whatever. Moving on, crazy bitch. Yep. I'd be more interested if she had a different tune, but it's the same tune every episode. Same one. Yep. Then Sam comes into Brooke's store to return the clothes that Brooke gave her as a gift. And Brooke says she has a lot of nerve returning to the store and that those clothes, she can't return those. Um, but just then, uh, three workers for Clothes Over Bros come in and tell Brooke that they have orders by Victoria to box and ship the remaining inventory and send it to the New York store. Brooke then just laughs and tells Sam it's her lucky day as Victoria, the new president of Clothes Over Bros, will be happy to offer her a full refund and empties her entire cash register and gives it to Sam. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. yep yep then peyton sees mick playing uh in the studio and they talk about his guitar and music but then peyton of course shifts to talking about her father again and mick explains that peyton's dad fell in love with ellie as soon as they met and everyone knew that they would be together great this man great. like thinks he's so slick uh-huh <laughs> He's really not, but he thinks he is. Um, then Nathan goes to meet Bobby, who is the GM of the NBA D-League team. And he begins to show Nathan the gym and the facility and tells him they're planning on sending some good players to play higher up in the league, which Nathan is very, very excited about. Yes. Then Haley gets a call from hospice, from a hospice care. And we find out um, that apparently Dan is dying and he wants to see Jamie. Uh, but on the other end of the phone, we find out that it's Carrie in a really shitty British accent. Surprise! And tells Haley that she's so looking forward to seeing her and Jamie as she's got Dan, his mouth taped up. And, you know, yeah, it's so oh funny. God. Just... This fucking episode. Uh-huh. Yep. Then uh, Haley hangs up and Deb walks back into the kitchen and Haley tells her that Dan is dying in hospice. And Deb is surprised as she figured there would be a little more grandstanding with Dan's, you know, last stand. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. not wrong. No, oh. exactly. Yeah. And Haley tells her that after Q, she feels like she um, should let Jamie see his grandfather before he dies. And Deb asks her what she what you know, what she's going to do, because um, Haley's torn and says she really doesn't know and says that she really wishes Nathan was here. Yep. Then we jump to Lucas, who comes into Lindsay's office and tries to immediately talk to her about what's going on with, you know, him and Peyton and everything. But she immediately brushes it off and says that they have to work together. So she just says, they're good. I'm good if you're good. And we're going to move on and everything's going to be fine. And she's like, we got a lot of stuff planned for you, but I wanted to give you this. And it is the first printed copy of the comet. 
It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. She's way too happy to see him for what is about to happen. Yep. Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. she really thought that she was maybe gonna get him back. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Then Mick is looking at Peyton's records that she's got hung up on the wall, and he asks her if these are all her favorites. She says there's some of them. And he makes a remark that he can tell everything about a person through their record choices. So they have so they dare each other to write down their top five records ever. Great. Mm-hmm. Great. Then Brooke is back in therapy and tells the therapist about Sam shoplifting. And she admits that she feels jealous of Sam as Sam doesn't have to answer to anyone. And she then tells the therapist that she turned over her company to Victoria. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Mm hmm. I don't have, I guess I don't have any. There's that. Yeah. Yeah. And as I'm, as I'm recapping this episode, I realize a lot of it is just checking in with everybody. So yeah, the commentary is lacking, but it's because the just stuff just keeps happening. Yeah. (laughs) It's not not a lot to talk about. Right. It's until there is going to be stuff to talk about. Yes. Yeah. uh, No, I just, I'm glad therapy with Brooke isn't, wasn't just a one episode thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it kind of was with Nathan and Haley. Like this woman worked her magic mm-hmm. in one episode, and they're like, mm-hmm. "Oh right, yeah, we love each other. Everything's fine now." Bye. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, in a month. Yeah. It, yeah. It was they one episode for us. One. It was a month of therapy for. Luke. Well, right. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying. Like, I'm glad we get to keep seeing Brooke. Mm-hmm. I'm glad One Tree Hill believes in therapy now. Uh, uh, it's yeah. a real game changer for me. Yeah. Yep. Then uh, Nathan, uh, back at uh, the NBA, watches these basketball players and Bobby joins him and tells him he's been watching him for a while and they could use a young coach like him. Mm. Nathan Nathan is shocked as he thought they wanted him to play. But Bobby tells him his playing days are behind him. Bobby laughs in his fucking face and said, bro, you broke your back. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Literally. It's like you broke your spine, dude. (laughs) Yes. I don't trust this Bobby guy though. He's got he's got a squirrely look about him. <laughs> I don't like yeah. him. Okay. Yeah. Then we go back to Peyton and Mick and they're listing off their favorite albums to which they have the same top pick with which is this Elvis Costello record that Peyton talks about all the time. Great. Um and she asks about why her parents gave her up and Mick slips up and said makes it sound like he's her father before covering and says that they were all messed up and it wouldn't have worked out at all. Mm-hmm. Peyton then immediately invites him to dinner with her so he can tell her more about her parents. Peyton also has no poker face in this nope. situation. No. Nope. She got that from her daddy. Uh, yep. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. 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 Then we go back to Haley, who leaves a message for Nathan about Dan and Jamie overhears. And he tells her he didn't get to say goodbye to Quentin and he wants to be able to say goodbye to Grandpa Dan. And Haley gives in and says, okay, we will go say goodbye to Grandpa Dan. Yeah. These people should really know they can't have conversations in their house. Like, nope, nope. Jamie hears everything. He's He's got big ears. He's so short. He's uh-huh. got, like, big ears. You just don't know he's there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Then uh, we go back to Nathan and Bobby apologizes to Nathan for the whole misunderstanding. And Nathan tells him he can still play. But Bobby denies him that opportunity to play, but continues to offer him the coaching position. Um, He leaves his office and Nathan gets the voicemail that Haley left him. 
Then we go back to Peyton, who calls Lucas and admits to him that Mick is her father. She's sure of it. And he's coming over tonight for dinner and she's going to get it out of him. Um, Lucas tells her it's going to be okay and she's going to do great. Then Lindsay comes in and he has to go. And they have a meeting to discuss his book tour. And they're listing off the dates and Lucas tells them he has a problem with the Chicago date. Lucas is insistent about it and everyone's like, but it's pretty set in stone. You kind of can't change it. And Lindsay gets upset with him and drags him back into her office. And they start to argue about it until she asks him what is more important than his Chicago book tour date. And he tells her his wedding to Peyton. And he just tells her he wanted to tell her, um, but she just tells him that she will talk to them about Chicago. And she says that she guesses she was right about him and Peyton all along, but she really wishes he would have just told her over the phone. Yeah. Is that how tours work? I mean, Caitlin, I know you can only speak to the music industry, but you would think... They would send him, like, a prelim schedule before this meeting. Yeah, like, they would. So he they could would. approve uh, dates. Yeah. Like, they wouldn't blindside him with a set-in-stone scheduled tour on the first time he's hearing about it, right? Yeah, no, that absolutely would not happen. Okay. No, no. That's called dramatic effect. Ugh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Then uh, back in therapy, Brooke starts to get annoyed with our therapist because all she's doing is answering a question with another question. Mm-hmm. And Welcome to therapy. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> but then the therapist finally gives in and says that the company, it seems like the company was never going to be her company while Victoria was a part of it. And Brooke says it felt good to get rid of the company, but now she feels empty. And she admits she hasn't told anyone about it because she feels like she's failed. Um, everyone is moving on with their lives and Brooke feels stuck just standing still. The therapist reminds her she's a 22 year old who created a multi-million dollar clothing brand and company, and she's probably going to figure it out and she's going to be just fine. Um, but then she also calls her out on the fact that, um, you know, she talks about how everyone is moving on with their life and that's with other people. And Brooke just seems insistent to go through her life alone. This therapist has had it with these 22-year-olds thinking yep. the world is ending. Exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. She's like, you are 22 years old. Get over it. You you created a multi-million dollar company. I'm pretty sure you can do it again. Right. Yeah. God. Yep. You ever forget these bitches are 22? I do all the time. <laughs> yep. Yep. Because do they act 22? No. Fuck all of them. <laughs> nope. Not at all. Yes. Then we get a quick scene of Sam looking into the window of a cafe and seeing a bunch of uh, friends sitting together and having a really good time. And then we go back to Nathan where Bobby checks in on him and asks for an answer. And Nathan says he can probably give him one in a couple of days, but he has to talk to his family. And Bobby says he will stall for a few days to give him time to decide. Great. (sighs) Bobby. Yep. Yep. We then quickly see Peyton putting on the Elvis Costello record for her dinner with Mick, and she waits for him. Lucas joins Lindsay at the bar, um, opening with that he never meant to hurt her. Not then and not now. Lucas's favorite sentence. Uh uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Especially with Lindsay. Um, And Lindsay says she saw it the whole time, but tried to just wish it away. And Lindsay assures him she will make Chicago okay. And he thanks her and he goes to leave um, to get on his plane before Lindsay hands him his copy of the Comet. And she reminds him that when they first met in that same exact bar, she told him she was pulling for the couple in his first book. 
and she says goodbye to him as he leaves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Then Carrie is uh, filling up a syringe with sedative for Danny Boy. <laughs> he tells her that she can stop all of this at any time, and he starts to kind of beg with her and plead, but Carrie refuses, to which Dan changes his tune and then just starts to threaten her and tells her that he will kill her if she touches Jamie, to which Carrie just jabs him in the neck with the syringe to get him to shut up. Oof. Yep. Ouch. Yeah, didn't love that. Nope. nope. And uh, as she's injecting him with the sedative, she sees that Haley and Jamie are pulling up to the house. Cool. I, Jesse, what did you think when that was happening? What did you think was going to happen? I mean, did I think I, oh, I hated this. <laughs> yeah. I hated this so much. Did I think we were going to get a full on corn maze chase? no. Uh, did I think Carrie was going to have a fucking axe? No. Like, this this whole thing. Okay, so we have one more moment, I think, before we get to the meat of it. Uh-huh. Uh, that it, That's important. But there is a filter change. There is a camera filter change. Mm-hmm. Where yep. this goes from a... Nor- that they didn't even use when Crazy Derek was in the house. Uh-huh. They saved this... Children of the Corn, 1970s horror movie camera filter for this moment. And I hated every minute of it. There were jump scares. There were, cra- which is my least favorite thing on the planet. I hate a jump scare. There, there, uh, hey, there were children left in cars in the summertime. There were... Like, <laughs> There were bad things in this episode, and it all starts with that orange fucking filter. <laughs> Continue. Okay, so <laughs> Haley pulls up to the house, and she tells Jamie to wait in the car and keep the doors locked as she goes to see if they're in the right place. Um, Haley comes into the house, and um, I don't even know if she knocks, but I think she does, and then realizes the door's open. So she comes in and sees Dan tied up to his hospital bed. So she tries to untie him, but Carrie comes up behind her and hits her over the head to knock her out. Great. We then see Deb digging through a ton of cabinets and drawers at Nathan and Haley's house looking for this bottle of champagne that she's very excited to see. It's old. It's dusty. Great. And then as she gets down from the stepladder, she notices in one of the open drawers uh, some old older photos from the last year. And there's one of Carrie. And we see Deb look at the address and she De- Deb's no dummy. We see the wheels turning in Deb. Great. Great, great, great. Great. Then Jamie is growing anxious about the fact he hasn't seen Haley. And he unbuckles his seatbelt and starts to look out the window. Until Carrie comes to the car door. Jump scare. Uh Uh-huh. Ah! Hate it. She then tells him to open the door, but Jamie refuses because his mama told 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 him that she's a bad person. And Carrie gets very, very upset at Jamie for calling her a bad person and and refusing to open the door. So she just grabs an axe. Sure. And bashes in the window to open the door. But after she does it, she realizes Jamie's ran out the other side of the car and runs into a neighboring cornfield. Great. We then go back to Dan, who is now awake, apparently. The sedative straight to the neck didn't knock him out enough, apparently. Um, and he just keeps hollering for Haley to wake up, wake up, wake up, as he sees a gun sitting on the table in front of him. 
Jamie's running in the cornfield as Carrie is chasing after him. She stops and changes her tune and grabs another syringe full of sedative out of her um, pocket as she starts apologizing to Jamie and saying she's sorry, she didn't mean it, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, she Can goes, I tell you something? What? what? How I wish this chase would have ended. How? I wanted her to trip on one of the roots in the cornfield and tr- and fall on the syringe <laughs> and pass out. And uh, <laughs> I really wanted that. I mean, I think us. that's great, but I think what we got is better. I I'm mean... just going to say, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so Carrie actually walks right past Jamie. So he gets up and runs the other way, which she hears him obviously wrestling through the corn. So she runs after him. There's a little bit longer of a chasing for another 10 seconds. And then we see someone grab Jamie. Which I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, that child is done for. Um, but then we find out it's Haley who grabbed him. I thought so it was I, Deb. Good. Yeah. So it's Haley. And she tells him to, you know, be quiet. It's it's mom. You're, you're fine. Um, we cut then to Nathan, who listens to Haley's voicemail and immediately tries to call her back, which then we cut back to Haley. And her phone obviously is ringing because Nathan's calling her, which alerts Carrie to where they are. Haley just tells Jamie, run. And that little boy runs. She runs after him. Carrie's running after both of them. They run back out of the cornfield towards the house. They run past their car. And as uh, Carrie runs past the car, Deb bashes her in the face with that bottle of champagne. And knocks her the fuck out. Incredible. It's so good. It's so fucking good. I love it so much. And Deb just says, guess there's more than one crazy nanny in this town, bitch. Uh, I love it. So good. I love Deb. Uh, I love it so much. Um, And she immediately asks if they're okay. We then cut to Nathan. We get Then now we're kind of in our montage. So we get Nathan, um, who gets on the, the basketball court and shoots a basket as the lights are turned off in the gym. We see Lucas in his taxi going back to the airport and he opens um, his book to find a note from Lindsay saying, I'm proud of you. I love you. And I miss you. Yep. Haley then uh, puts Jamie back in the car in Deb's car and checks on Deb and Deb explains the champagne was for the day. She was done with Dan for good. It's a super expensive bottle of champagne. And as they're talking, we see Carrie come to grab the ax, hold it above her head, scream like a maniac and get shot in the gut by Dan from the door. <laughs> uh huh. Dan just says he hates the woods. I'm like, Dan, there's no woods to be had. You're in a farmhouse. There's corn, buddy. No woods. Corn. Lots of corn. (laughs) Sorry. I know. I wondered if we were going to make any shucked jokes, and I'm glad we did. Oh, that wasn't a shuck joke. I was thinking about the corn kid. Oh, well, that too. Mm, I mean, yeah. Same same goddamn difference. But they did take that and put it into shucked. It is in shucked, yes. Um... God Ugh. damn it. I <sighs> Yeah. The only thing that would have made this better was Alex Newell coming out of the cornfield singing independently owned, yeah. but I digress. But I digress. <laughs> oh god. Okay. Uh you could say that uh Nanny Carey was independently owned by that uh bullet to the in gut. the gut. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> god. 
Uh, oh yeah. In case then, you're wondering if we're still theater nerds, we um, totally are. Count down the days to my New York trip. Less than a month, thank God. Oh. <sighs> so Brooke is in uh, the cafe that we saw earlier, and she's kind of nodded off, and the waitress um, kind of nudges her and tells her that um, her bill's been paid for, and she's like, "By who?" And the, and the waitress motions to Sam, and we find out that Sam paid for Brooke's bill using the money that Brooke gave her. And she, you know, she says she owed her for, for the shirt that she shoplifted. And um, Sam then says that she has to go. Her mom wants her back by curfew. And Brooke tells her it's not a bad thing to have a mom that worries about you. And Sam leaves. Um, then we go back to Peyton, who um, we see that Mick did not show up to dinner. She blows out the candles. And we see Mick in a bar um, getting a drink. And he's obviously already had a few. And the bartender notices Mick's one-year sober chip as he drunkenly empties his pockets. And Mick just looks at him and says, just pour the drinks. Uh Uh-huh. And then we see Sam um, sleeping in the back of a car in the auto shop classroom at Tree Hill High. Yeah. Then... Brooke goes back to her store and um, she's there as Millicent walks in and she said she heard there is a great startup company looking for their first employee. Um, She tells her Victoria called to fire her, but she must not have realized that Brooke had already done that. Um, Brooke is very happy to see her and tells her that, you know, the job will be long hours and horrible pay, but Millie (laughs) says it sounds perfect. One bright light in this episode. Millie's Millie's back. back up. Yep. 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 Then the last scene is uh, a close up of Carrie as she wakes up again and maniacally starts laughing at Dan because he didn't kill her. She's still here. And he's like, but I called the police. She's like, that's fine. I'll get out and I'll get Jamie and I'll be back. And Dan reminds her what he told her that if she ever came back for Jamie, he would kill her. And she keeps laughing as uh, she says, he didn't, though. You didn't kill me. And Dan just quietly raises the gun and shoots her. And the episode ends. (laughs) At least he waited to put the gun to her head until after Jamie was gone. Uh Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. There's the episode, kids. What did we think? (laughs) I hate it. I hate it. (laughs) i will say in terms of quote scary episodes we've had in this series Mm -hmm. they did a much better job with this one than they did with the scary Derek face off yes yes (laughs) because we were all laughing (laughs) yeah oh doggy i mean it's yeah I mean, they turned it up to 11. Like, the camp was turned up. Because you have this crazy lady in a nurse's outfit running through the corn trying to, you know, sedate a child. <laughs> that That is true. Like, God. Yeah, the Derek, the Derek one, I feel like, is a, was a little more slightly grounded in reality in some weird way. That, like, the, it, the first it was, one was. Yeah, yeah. The, the second one was a camp factory. Yes. Uh, the, you mean the prom, uh, whenever the they prom were prom. One, yeah, yeah, the prom one was. Yeah, first one was. Terrifying. Yeah. I hated yeah. every minute of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this was campy. There is, and I think there is an inherent camp to two of the biggest villains 
in this TV show facing off, you know, mm-hmm. like that's mm-hmm. just that's like a Freddy versus Jason situation, which happening. also is campy as hell. So that makes sense. Yeah. So we know I've never seen it. I just know the title. Yep. Um, yeah. God damn. It was uh, whiplash. I didn't hate it that much, but I did like not like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what I'll say is you can tell that this. I think is what they were going for with the season finale of season five, if they'd had a chance to write it. Well, this would have been the, the, the episode right before the finale, because that's how they do it. They, yeah. 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 But I mean, I think, but they wrapped up a lot of storylines because, because I'll just be totally honest with you here as well. Cause it's, it's common knowledge. We don't see Lindsay again. Yeah, I figured. Lindsay's done. Lindsay's done. So it's like that thing of they're wrapping up the Lindsay storyline. They're wrapping up, um, you know, they're wrapping up Carrie and all that crazy stuff and everything else. So, yeah, it feels it feels a little bit like it's a weird. Some of the storylines are season finale esque. Right. But wait, do we see Carrie again? <laughs> no, the bitch is dead. No, the bitch is dead. She's dead. <laughs> Crazy bitch is dead. It's fine. Good. Ding yeah. dong. Ding dong. The the, the, the bitch, bitch is, is finally dead. dead. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, but it's like I think it's it's that weird thing of like they wrapped up other storylines early. So like I feel like the Brooke and Peyton storylines with like Mick and Victoria and her attack and everything are like a season six thing, but like the nanny Carrie and the Lindsay and all that kind of stuff is still very much season five. So it's a weird mixture of both. Yeah. But you can kind of see where the storyboards were that were like interrupted by the writer strike that then they were like, all right, what can we take to finish season five and start season six? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't no. know. I, I liked this episode. I think it's campy. I think it's I stupid. I think it's funny. I think the fact that Carrie gets bested by a bottle of champagne is hilarious. The bottle. I think there's some lovely karma that it's the bottle that was supposed to ce- celebrate Dan dying, uh-huh. killing the person that was going to murder Dan, uh-huh. or like incapacitating the yep. person who was supposed to murder Dan. I think it, there's some. It's not lost on Deb either. Dramatic. No, no. There's some dramatic irony there. That's yep. a lot of fun. Yep. No. Okay. Maybe I didn't hate this episode, but I'm never watching it again. How about that? <laughs> that's How fair. about that? Okay. That's fair. That's fair. That's with every episode. <laughs> I there are a couple episodes that I would absolutely watch again. That's true. That's true. Like, yeah, but this is not this this is not on that very short list. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I liked it. I liked um, I, I I weirdly liked how Lucas and Lindsay ended up. Yeah. I mean, yes, he stuck his foot in his mouth, but that's what he did with Lindsay the entire time. So it makes sense that that's the right. last thing he does. They both, you know, they hash it out at the end of the bar. You know, they both because she admits she's like, I realized I was not the girl. I wanted to be the girl. I wished I could have been the girl and I'm not the girl. And but I also understand Lucas trying to be like respectful. Like this exactly. is big news. It should be delivered in person. Exactly. Not, I, don't, I agree. Yeah. yeah. He was not in the wrong in this situation. For I don't think once. there is a, I don't think there is a wrong person in the situation at yeah. all. No, it's a shitty situation because Lucas is an idiot. Mm-hmm. Well, um yes. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel bad for Peyton, but I think we all saw this coming a mile away. Yes. You know, that her dad was not going to stick around at all. So everybody leaves Brody. (laughs) They do that. They do. (laughs) 
Oh God. Um, that yeah. they do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm interested to see what shit show the planning of the Lucas and Peyton nuptials will bring us. Um, okay. Can I have I already said I think they're just gonna get married on the river court. I think they should get married on the river court. Sorry about it. Uh, I was thinking about that at uh, last episode when uh, when Nate was uh, playing basketball and like you can see Peyton's mural you know, mural on there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why? Just they're gonna get married here. It's obvious, right? And no, they no one should get married in the Tree Hill Church anymore because it's cursed. Oh, they can't finish a wedding to save their mm-hmm. lives. Like, uh, granted, I think they've been to now about three churches because it is the South. So you know that small town has about five churches, all for oh, different denominations. Block radius exactly. Each other. Sure. So they've burned through a few of them. So who knows? There might be a few they have to burn through again before you know they're just sure. banned from every religious establishment in Tree Hill. What's your last name again? Oh, I'm sorry, we're Scott. No, nope, sorry, no, no, no. Yeah, um, yes. Um, what do you think about? the Nathan storyline that just opened up about Nathan coaching. I mean, I think he's going to touch the, the guy. What? Mm-hmm. I feel bad for the guy because oh, yeah. like, like obviously we, we established this earlier when we were talking about him that like Bobby is, you know, he's, he's a typical car salesman almost. Oh th- like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't, when he called Nathan, he should have been like, hey, we want you to coach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because no, he's like, sorry, he had, our wires got crossed. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no, you just didn't say anything on the phone. You said you wanted him to come down and tour the facility because yeah. they want to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Like, if you want him to coach, tell him that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, because, like, yeah. we've established that Luke is out. Uh, He's not going to coach again because the Ravens... You know, they're going to lose the rest of their season. They're going to lose the rest of their season, but for like a morally great reason, you know, like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, so Luke's going to be out, but I think, and, but I don't think Nate is going to want to leave tree Hill and, you know, especially not to coach right now. Cause I think that's the thing that, that gets harder as the episodes go on is how do you keep basketball in this show? That's about basketball. How do you keep this a basketball show when Uh they're murdering like ax murderer nannies running through cornfields? Yeah. I mean, cosplaying (laughs) murdering nannies. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, I also, I'm very excited to see what happens next in the season. Cause I don't, entirely remember details i know (laughs) generalized things but i knew that like the first five episodes were really like i said 5.5 and now season six really gets going Mm -hmm. um which i feel like we're at that jumping up point for a lot of them we're at that jumping up point for peyton and lucas with their wedding we're at that jumping up point for brooke with whatever she's gonna do now that close over bros is done we're at that jumping up point with nathan and Haley and jamie obviously after carrie's gone you know Nathan with this coaching thing, maybe what's going on with that. Yep. And then of course, Dan's back. Dan's not tied up to a hospital bed anymore. So, but what's, he's what's, still dying. He's still dying. He's still dying. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 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 No, it'll be like, I'm interested. Yeah. You, I, I'm here. I'm here for the next three and a half seasons, whatever. Uh, yeah, no, it'll yeah. be, uh, I'm glad to close the book on Nanny Carrie like glad mm-hmm. she's dead yep. uh but yeah, yeah it'll be interesting and i think she got what she deserved yeah 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 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, a bottle to the face that and two the gunshots. It, needed to. it really yeah. did. Yeah. She threatened Chester. I mean, she, she threatened she got the guy. She, she she threatened the fucking bunny. Yeah. That's too yeah. far. Too yeah. fucking far. Too far. Yeah. Steal the five year old. Fine. Don't <laughs> threaten, threaten the, the bunny. bunny. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God. We are unhinged. It's fine. Uh, All right. And on that note, I think we need to wrap up before we say why? anything. Why? What? Anyway, Come thank on. you guys. <laughs> Uh, thank you guys so much for listening and going on this wild ride with us. I don't know if I say that often enough, but yeah, wild ride indeed. Um, don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. It does help us out in the long run. Rate us five stars. You know, it does help us out with all those podcast algorithms and everything else like that. Um, follow us on social media. We are everywhere at On Wednesday's Pod. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, want to get in touch with us, um, hit us up in the Instagram DMs. That's where we live most often, On Wednesday's Pod. And yeah, we'll see you guys next week for another fun-filled episode of On Wednesdays. We watch One Tree Hill. We'll see you guys then. Bye! Bye! Bye.